0: I'd like for you to open your Bibles this morning to 1 John uh, chapter 4 and we'll look at verse 16. 1 John chapter 4, not the gospel of John, but little John, 1 John, 1 John 4. Now notice this verse here. It says, and we have known and believed the love (coughs) that God has to us. Notice this. We have known. When he talks about Knowing this love he's not just talking about a head knowledge he's talking about an intimate knowledge he's talking about revelation knowledge of this great love having faith in God's love he says and we have known and believed the love that God has to us you know I believe that God is calling all of us into a closer walk with him You know, Paul prayed. He said that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. He also said, I know in whom I have believed. I know in whom I have believed. And I am fully persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. So Paul didn't say, well, I just know scriptures. I just catalog scriptures. How many you know if it's good to know scriptures, but it's better even to know the God of the scriptures? We need them both. Amen. Now, the more that we get acquainted with him, the more good we're going to see in our lives. That's what the book of Job says. Let me just quote it to you. In Job, it says, acquaint now yourself with him. Agree with him. Show yourself to be conformed or in agreement with his will or his word and be at peace. Did you notice that the more you know God, the more peace you'll have? And he said, by that, in other words, by us getting acquainted with him, uh, you shall prosper and great good shall come unto you. Great good. So what do you say in these last days that you and I draw near to God. What do you say? We've become more intimately acquainted with Him than we ever have before. Now, as we draw near to God, here's what He'll do. He'll draw near to us. And when He draws near to us, you can expect His manifest presence to be all around you and to be ministered to you on a daily basis. Thank God for that. Now, here's the verse. He said, and we have known and believed the love that God has to us. Believe how much God loves you. Believe that. Believe that. It'll make a huge difference in your life. Mm -hmm. Now, look at John 17. And notice with me in the 23rd verse. John 17 and verse 23. He says now here, I in them and thou in me, that they may be made perfect in one and that the world may know that thou hast sent me, here's what I want you to see, and has loved them as thou has loved me. Hallelujah. In other words, Jesus is saying that the Father loves us as much as he loves Jesus. And when we get a revelation of just how much he loves us, All of our insecurities will be gone. All inferiority complexes will be gone. You'll be able to face life with an attitude of victory because my Father, love himself, loves me. Now, it's very vital and very important that you believe that. In other words, not just having head knowledge that, yeah, I know God loves me, yeah, 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 what else you got today? No, no, no. Get it down in your heart that God really, really loves you. And that he really, really cares for you. And that he's watching over you with great affection. That his eyes are running to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on the behalf of those he cares for and he loves. So believe that in your heart today and receive it. And declare, my father loves me as much as he loves Jesus. Now, you'll need to remind yourself of that because we have an enemy. And it won't be every morning that you wake up that you feel loved. But aren't you glad we don't live by our feelings? We live by the word of God. Now listen, the more you get this in your heart, the more you say it with your mouth, the more real it will become to you. So let's say this again. My Father father loves me. me. My Father, father, He cares for me. me. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. And so, believe in His love. Receive His love. And then the next thing we need to do is do what the Bible said. Praise the Lord. Give His love. You know, Jesus said, freely you have received, now freely give. Amen. In other words, this love with which God has loved us with lives on the inside of us. Someone said years ago that the selfish life is the empty life. That the self-centered life is the miserable life. You know what the first few words of miserable are is miser. Miser. Folks that are selfish are miserable. Oftentimes they're cheap. Many times they're misers. But that's not us. The self-centered life is the miserable life. But oh, thank God, the giving life is the fulfilling life. The unselfish life is the satisfying life. Freely you have received. Now freely give. But how many of you know you cannot give what you do not have? That's why I want you to see Romans, the fifth chapter. Let's look over there. Mm -hmm. Romans 5 and uh, the fifth verse, great verse of scripture. Amen. I believe I'm talking to a bunch of scriptorians today. (laughs) Romans, the fifth chapter, the fifth verse says this. And hope maketh not a shame because the love of God is shed abroad in our heads. No, thank God. It's not shed abroad in our heads. It's shed abroad in our hearts. This love will affect your head, but it comes from your heart. It is literally a fruit of the recreated human spirit. That's why he tells us to walk in the spirit Walk in love, walk in joy, and walk in peace. In other words, let this love that is on the inside of you dominate you. Let this love be your primary focus and your primary goal in life. I'm going to walk in love. I'm going to walk in the Spirit. And I'm going to live a zero-free failure life. Because I found in First Corinthians 13 that love never fails. Right. When you get on this love walk and you walk out this love walk, you will begin to be a success in life. Amen. Say with me, the love of God on the inside of me is unfailing. When I walk in love, I shall be a great success in life life. now that doesn't just mean you'll be a success financially that means you'll be a successful dad you'll be a successful mom you'll be a successful business partner amen now notice this in Romans 5 5 and hope maketh not ashamed because the love of God is shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Ghost by the Holy Ghost, which has been given unto us, love is in you. Hey, and if love be in you, what can stand against you? If love be for you, who can be against you? Now look at John 13, in verse 34 and 35. St. John, uh, verse th- uh, chapter 13, verse 34 and 35. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. Notice this in verse 34. He says, a new commandment I give unto you. He didn't say, I'm giving you a suggestion. Uh This is not the new suggestion. This is the new commandment. That I give unto you. That you love or that you agape one another. Talking about the God kind of love. That you love one another. As I have loved you, that you also may love one another. Now notice in verse 35. By this shall all men know that you, my disciples, if you have love one toward another. Love is the royal commandment. It's the royal law of love. He wants his royal sons and his royal daughters to walk in a dimension that this world knows nothing about. It is walking in the love of God. Hallelujah. Are you still here? So he's furnished us with the ability to love. Somebody says, Well, I, I just don't feel like it. It's got nothing to do with your feelings. This has got nothing to do with your feelings. Love is not based on feelings. Love is based on a choice. Now you and I will have ample opportunities to get in strife. <clears throat> we'll have ample opportunities um, to uh, we'll have ample opportunities to get out of the love walk. Praise the Lord. Well, thank God. The Lord gave me three things. Let me give you three things. This will keep you in the love of God. Number one, love sees the best. Yes, it does. Amen. Love believes the best. Amen. And number three, love speaks the best. Uh-huh. Let's look at this number one. Love sees the best. We ought to pray to see one another through the Father's eyes. Amen. We ought to pray to see the world through the Father's eyes. Yes. Love sees the best. Yes. Secondly, love believes the best. Yeah, but Pastor Mark, I know better. I know that person's a scoundrel. I saw him do this. I saw him do that. But you know, there's something good about everybody. Why center in on the bad when you can center in on the good? Let God take care of the bad. We're not the judge. He's the judge. Put people over in his hands. Don't get involved in being critical and judgmental about others don't behold the mote that is in thy brother's eye when there's a beam in your own eye. How many of you know it's not smart to judge? Why isn't it smart to judge? Because with the same measure that we judge others, we will be judged. Now, how many of you want to be judged? Raise your hand. Well, a few of you raise your hand. So, okay. Be it unto you. No, not really. You don't want to be judged. Nobody wants to be judged. So if we don't want to be judged, let's not be judgmental. Let's not be critical. Let's be loving. Let's be kind. Hey, here's a thought. Let's be like Jesus. Let's be like Jesus. And we're co- when conversations start going south, you've all been there when conversations in south. Talking about other people that aren't there. When conversations start going south, just sing this little song to yourself. Let's talk about Jesus. Da, da, da. Just talk about Jesus. That'll shut it down right there. I mean, your bad singing will shut them down for one thing. But if you'll put Jesus... In the centerpiece of every conversation, i tell you, it'll shut strife right down. So love sees the best. Pray this with me. Lord, help me to see the best. Help me to believe the best. And then number three, love speaks the best. And here's what I got in my spirit as I was meditating on this. If we're going to walk in love, we must watch our words. And, and the scripture I have for you is in 1 Peter 3.10. 1 Peter 3.10 says, For he that will love life. How many of you love life? How many of you just don't love life? Raise your hand. Don't raise your hand. Everybody loves life. He that will love life. And see, what what kind of days? God is good. And surely goodness and mercy are going to follow us all the days of our life. We serve a good God and he's got good days for us. He's got a good life for us. For he came that we might have life and have it more abundantly. But no, notice this. He that will love life and see good days. Here's what he must do. Let him refrain his tongue from evil. That's not just cursing. That's not just using the Lord's name in vain. Profanity is not just using the Lord's name in vain. Corrupt communication is not just cursing. Corrupt communication is being critical. Corrupt communication is backbiting. Corrupt communication is strife filled. And so he says, let him refrain his tongue from evil and that his lips speak no guile. Now, in Ephesians 4.29, I want you to read this with me because I want to make sure you're good and awake. How many of you had your triple expressos this morning? I'm going to count to three, and I want you to read on target and read fervently with me. One, two, three, read. Let no foul or polluting language, nor evil word, nor unwholesome or worthless talk ever come out of your mouth. But only such speech as is good and beneficial to the spiritual progress of others, as is fitting to the need and the occasion, then it may be a blessing and give God's grace, God's favor to those who hear it. Shall we just let the word of God speak for itself? So, Freely you have received now, freely give. One way, not the only way, that you and I get on the giving side of life is we get over in the area of forgiving others. To give also means to forgive. Unforgiveness is the greatest enemy to your faith. Now in this glorious chapter of Mark 11, notice with me in verse 22, 23 and 24. Let's turn there. Mark 11, verse 22. And Jesus answering unto them said to them, Have faith in God. Or have faith in the love of God. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say to this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, But shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Say it with me. I'm a whosoever. whosoever. Having whatsoever. whatsoever. That according to the word of God. That I believe in my heart. heart, And say with with my mouth. So faith then is released by saying faith filled words. Faith is released by saying. But now notice in verse 24, this is very interesting. He said, therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. So we see in verse 23 that faith is released by saying, but faith is also released by verse 24 by praying. Amen. Now notice with me. In order for my faith, which I release by my words, and in order for my faith that I receive by praying to work and to operate, I've got to be obedient to verse 25. That's the context of this whole verse. In verse 25, he says this. And when you stand praying, we could say it this way. And when you stand saying, and when you stand praying, forgive. Forgive if you have aught against any, that your Father, which is also in heaven, may forgive you of your trespasses. Verse 26. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father, which is in heaven, forgive you your trespasses. Now, I want you to notice a word in verse 25. So let's go back there. He says, And when you stand praying, forgive. If you have ought against any. Now that word ought there is a very interesting word. We could boil it down to mean this. If you have a grudge. If you've been mistreated. If you're holding on to something that someone has said about you. If you're holding on to a grudge about what someone's done to you. Jesus said we must forgive We must release. Now, the reason why is this is because if we don't forgive, if we don't release, that ought, that grudge, that resentment will turn into a root of bitterness. And when something becomes a root of bitterness, it's more difficult to deal with. That's why we must be quick to repent and quick to forgive. So that these oughts don't turn into a root of bitterness. And here's what happens when we have a root of bitterness in our life. We become defiled. Defiled is a fancy word for being poisoned. Nobody wants to be poisoned naturally. But I'm telling you that strife and unforgiveness and holding grudges is spiritual poison to your life. And that is why. We must not allow ourselves the luxury of holding on to grudges and holding on to those things that have been said about us and done to us. We must, friends, for our own sake, forgive and release because in forgiving, you're not only release the person, but you also release yourself. Come on somebody. Hallelujah. And so, We must must forgive. Unforgiveness, someone said, is the door through which the devil enters. Where strife and confusion is, there is every evil work. In other words, we could say it this way. When I have strife in my life, when I'm holding on to a grudge, I have literally opened up the door to the enemy in my life. I've opened up the door of my heart to be poisoned. One person said it this way, that strife and unforgiveness opens the door to such a degree that strife is the manifest presence of the evil one. Well, if strife is the manifest presence of the evil one, the opposite must be true. Living a life of love. Living a life in the no-failure zone opens the door for the manifestation of God's presence. And when God's presence is on the scene, man, you're going to have some joy, you're going to have some peace, you're going to have a life worth living. Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and say, shut all doors to the enemy and open up the door wide to the Spirit of God. Here's what my spiritual dad said, Dad Hagen. He said, anytime you're feeling mistreated, you know that the devil's working on you. Smith Wigglesworth said this. He said, I realize that God can never bless us on the lines of being hard-hearted, critical, or unforgiving. He said, this will hinder faith quicker than anything will. He said, I believe, now listen to this statement. I believe that there are a great many people who would be healed in their body but they're harboring things in their heart. And he said, let these things go. And then he went on to say, there are many good people that mean well, but they have no power to do anything for God. There is just some little thing that came in their heart years ago and their faith has been paralyzed since. It is the little foxes that spoil the vines. Kenneth Copeland, when he was in Omaha, Nebraska, in his hotel room between services, had a vision of a pipe. And the Lord showed him that that pipe was representative, representative of his recreated human spirit, his spirit man. And one one end of the pipe, there was just great gushes of power and glory and water and like a flood of glory coming into that spirit man, that pipe. But on the other end of that pipe, there was just a little spurt here and there. And the Lord showed him, My power is everywhere present. It's coming into your spirit, man. But because of these little foxes that spoil the vine, these little nickel and dime things, the things that you harbor in your heart, my power is not able to flow through you in the immense proportions that I desire it to. How many of you want God's power, God's grace, God's goodness to flow through you in every area of your life. Look at Galatians chapter 5 and verse 6. Man, you guys are listening so good, you're in the fast class. It's good to be in the fast class. Say with me, I'm quick. I'm I'm bright. I'm I'm sharp. I'm I'm really good looking. I'm I'm very rich. And I am a major blessing. Galatians, the fifth chapter and the sixth verse says this, For in Christ Jesus... Neither circumcision avaleth anything, nor uncircumcision. But what is your faith going to work by? Love. Your faith is going to work by love. What if love is not working in our life? That means faith will not work. Let me just say it like this, folks, for the sake of time. If your faith is not working, and mountains aren't moving, I would check your love walk. How many of you know that when you've been done wrong, God has given you the ability to forgive? In Ephesians the fourth chapter, the third, verse 31, 32, through Ephesians five, verse one and two, it says this: Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away with you from you with all malice. Now read verse thirty-two, and be kind to one another, tender-hearted. Even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven Notice this with me. Tender hearted. Tender hearted. Being in the presence of God will make your heart tender. Living for Him will make your heart tender. Next word, forgiving one another. Even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. Then notice Ephesians 5, verse 1 and 2. Read it with me. And... Be their followers of God as dear children. Now stop right there. That word followers there means being imitator of God. In other words, imitate love. Imitate love. And notice verse 2. It says here, And walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet smelling savor. Mark Hankins said this, that walking in love is your greatest challenge, but it is also your greatest reward. Hallelujah. It's a challenge. But how many of you know that through the love of God, you're up to the challenge? And when you pass those tests, it will be your greatest reward. Oh, that's you ever been miffed with someone? Yeah. You ever felt like whipping someone? <laughs> Now I'm the I'm the preacher. Now I've been in, I've been full time minister over forty years, and I literally have felt like whipping somebody, and then praying for the healing afterwards. Aren't you glad you didn't whip him? Because you'd spend the whole night repenting. But this one guy was so miffed. He was a preacher, and he was miffed. I think at another preacher, somebody. And he he said, man, I'm going to go whip him. I'm going to whip him. I'm going over to his house. I'm going to whip him bad. I'm going to put some whoop on him, you know. But like there was a spiritual father there, a wise old minister. And he said this to him. Now, this is a good word. He said, now, you might be able to whip a skunk, but you may not want to. Because when you're finished, you'll smell just like him. Unforgiveness is smelly stuff. Strife stinks. But oh, the love of God. The love of God. The love of God. I don't know if you ever heard of Clara Barton, but uh, someone did something really vicious to her many, many years ago. And she acted like it had never happened. And one of her friends says, Don't you remember? Doesn't that bother you? And Clara Barton said, Huh? She said, No, I distinctly remember forgetting it. If you don't forgive people, they'll have control over your life. Here's what holding on to hurts will do in our lives. Holding on to the hurts of the past can poison our present and limit our future. I'm telling you, friends, the way to get better and not be bitter is not to rehearse past situations. How many of you know there comes a time where you just got to let it go so you can heal? Things hurt in life. Things that have been done to many people hurt in life. But it's not going to do that person any good to rehearse it, to rehash it, and to open up that wound once again. I'm telling you, there's healing in the name of Jesus. For whatever a person has been through, whatever a person may be going through, there's healing. But rehashing and rehearsing and talking about it will never, ever help anybody. Somebody said, stop reliving it let it go, let it go. Close, the door. close the door don't let your past cripple you today how many of you remember a wonderful man of God by Billy Graham how could you forget one of the greatest evangelists that ever lived I would dare say that millions of people got saved under Billy Graham's ministry did anyone ever get saved under Billy Graham's ministry we have one person over there a person over there To God be the glory. I tell you what, the fruit of his ministry still lives on. But Billy Graham was a very wise man. And I want to quote to you something he said about forgiveness. He said, In one bold stroke, forgiveness obliterates the past and permits us to enter into the land of new beginnings. Oh, do you like it? I think I'll say it again. I know you like it so much. In one bold stroke... Forgiveness obliterates the past and permits us to enter in to the land of new beginnings. Let's see what Jesus said about this. Look at Matthew chapter 5 and verse 44. Matthew the 5th chapter, verse 44. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm getting something good today. God's word is doing me good this morning. We may have sprung forward in the natural, but we're springing forward spiritually today. Amen? I tell you what, this message will change your life if you'll act on it. Matthew 5, verse 44. Now notice this verse. He says here in the 44th verse, But I say unto you, love your enemies. Say What? Love your enemies? You can't love your enemies with natural love. You can't love your enemies out of your flesh. The only way you're going to be able to love is in your enemy is by the love of God on the inside of you. Notice this. Love your enemies. Bless those that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. And pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. Think about that. He said, love them, bless them, do good to them, and pray for them. Now, I had a conversation with someone in between the services this morning. And uh, they said, well, you know, I've got to work on this resentment. I've let it go. I've let it go. But daily it comes back. Well, just because the thought of what someone has done to you comes back to you on a regular basis does not mean that you have forgiven them. If you will resist the devil when he comes with those thoughts. Instead of rehearsing and rehashing, build a solid front of faith in front of the enemy and say, Satan, in the name of Jesus, I have forgiven that person and I resist you now. In Jesus' name. Now, a part of resisting the enemy is praying for them. You can go into a PM. You know what a PM is? A PM is a prayer mode. You can go into praying in the Holy Ghost for people that have wronged you. Somebody says, Well, I'm going to forgive them, Pastor, but I'll never pray for them. You need to get to the place where you're willing and able to pray for them. What do you pray? You pray the perfect will of God over them. Well, how do I pray the perfect will of God over them? You pray in the Holy Ghost. I said you pray in the Holy Ghost. Now listen, praying in the Holy Ghost will not only build you up and enable you to make progress in your life, but praying in the Holy Ghost will keep you in the love of God. We could say it this way. Praying in the Holy Ghost will keep the door shut on the enemy when he comes with the counterattack. He says, well, I don't pray in the Holy Ghost. Well, pray in English. How would a prayer like that sound? Lord, in the name of Jesus, I pray blessing over their lives. I have forgiven them. I pray, Lord God, that your will would be done in their lives, that you would work on those areas of their lives that need working. I put them in your hands. I sincerely pray for them in the name of Jesus. That's what it sounds like. That's what it looks like. Now, in doing so, you'll stop the devil dead in his tracks. How do you know that? The devil don't want to hear you praying. He doesn't want to hear you praying for someone. He doesn't want you to buy him a birthday present. No, the enemy doesn't. He's not into that. He will run. He will flee when you will shut him down by praying, by blessing, and by doing good to your enemies. I can tell that's really resonating with a lot of you. How many of you believe in Martin Luther King Jr.? Martin Luther King Jr. was quite a man of God. We honor his legacy, amen? But listen to what he said. Listen to this. He said, Love is the only force capable of transforming an enemy into a friend. I'm going to say it again. Love is the only force capable... Of transforming an enemy into a friend. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How many of you had someone in your past be quite an enemy in your life? But you loved the hell right out of them. You know, some people, they go to prison and they try to rehabilitate the hell out of them. They go into treatment and they try to therapeutically treat the hell out of them. They try to get the hell out of them in every other way. But when you come to Jesus, Jesus will love the hell right out of you. He will. You've had an enemy, but you loved him. And you kept loving him. And you kept praying for him. How many can testify to the fact that one day you had an enemy, but now that enemy has become your friend? Raise your hand. Look at the hands. You know what that tells us? God's Word works. Say it with me real strong. God's Word word works for me me. all the time time. and every time. time. So here's what we do. Look at Romans 12, verse 14 and verse 21. Romans chapter 12. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You cannot counsel the hell out of people. It takes transformation. It takes getting born again. It takes an exit from the power of darkness and being translated into the kingdom of God's dear son. Romans, the 12th chapter, the 14th verse says this. It says, bless them which persecute you. Bless and don't curse them. In verse 21 it says, Be not overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. If evil's been done to you, if evil's been said about you, don't give place to it. Just go into the overcoming mode of overcoming evil with good. So here's what we've said today. Number one, believe the love of God. Number two, receive the love of God. Number three, give the love of God. And the last one, you will reap the love of God. Look at Galatians, the sixth chapter, the seventh verse. Galatians chapter six and verse seven. Ha, ha, ha. The devil is a liar. He's a defeated foe. Ha, ha, ha. He's under your feet. Galatians, the 6th chapter, the 7th verse, says, be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. You know, if you sow kindness, you're going to reap kindness. If you sow love, you're going to reap love. If you forgive, you shall be forgiven. Amen? Stand up, everybody.